chapter 2, verses 15 through to 25. And Dale's going to come up and uh, lead us in that. Thanks, mate. Before you turn to Genesis chapter 2, don't miss Genesis chapter 1. Because I didn't inform the the worship leader of where we're going to come from tonight. Uh, We're starting a new series in, um, obviously, at the beginning of the Bible. But we're starting a new series about gender issues. And tonight's sermon is is kind of just laying the groundwork for for subsequent a couple of subsequent um, sermons in the next coming couple of weeks when you build a house you've got to lay the foundations you've got to put down plumbing and electronics and all that sort of stuff and so tonight we're laying down our foundation as male and female and as humans and who god has created us and and especially focusing in on male and female tonight So let's pray before we begin. Lord, I just pray as as we look into your word tonight that we would um, listen with attentive hearts and and listen to what you have to to say to us tonight. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me, um, help me to speak your words with with boldness and confidence. And Lord, that, um, that each one of us here would would know of your your great love and your great mercy towards us tonight. I pray this in your name. Amen. All right. Beginning at the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. Or a footnote in my Bible, it says sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit fruit trees bearing fruit in which there is their seed, each according to its kind. On the earth, and it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which this, in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning the third day. 
And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for the... Let them be for the signs of seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. Notice how God created the sun and the moon one to rule the day and the night. And then there's, there's just that little throwaway comment, and the stars, as if it was no big deal for God to create the stars and place them in place, millions and millions and millions of them. Anyway, continuing on. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the water swarmed according to their kinds. And every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, and the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, here's the pinnacle moment. Then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish and the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth... Everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw that everything he had made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. There's three things I want to gain out of this chapter. 
this beginning chapter, and, and we'll go into chapter 2 just a little bit. And three things I want to gain out of, of this chapter tonight. That God created us. God created the heavens and the earth, but the pinnacle moment of his creation was creating us in his image. That God created us male and female, and we'll look into that, um, how, how we are different, but how we are the same. And then we'll look at how God created us equal. The first few words in this, in this chapter here are very foundational to our faith. It covers the, the fact that like, you look at the chapter and it recounts and repeats itself. God created. It was good. God created the, the beasts of the field according to their kinds. But God created man according to his image or in his image. These words are foundational to our faith because without them and, and without affirming them, it, it changes our perception of God or it changes God's position in our life. If we don't affirm these words and understand them fully, then we lose the concept of us being the created and God being the creator. And we unconsciously sometimes remove God out of the picture as the creator and the right to be our judge and the right to be the ruler of our lives. So, as I said, the first thing that we need to understand is that God created everything. Sun, moon, stars, beasts of the field, creeping things that get into your toes, everything. The, the seasons. And God created it good. God didn't just you know, have to form it together. He just spoke it into being. Evolutionists would have us believe that everything came into existence from, from nothing. Everything came into existence in the form of a big bang. I don't know about you, but if God was speaking things into existence, I think there may have been a big bang. But evolutionists would have us believe that, that nothing, uh, no, everything was formed from nothing. This is true, but God was the one who made everything from nothing. I think it would take more faith to believe in, in everything coming into existence from nothing by sheer chance than it would do by saying that God created everything from nothing by speaking it into being. The second foundational thing that we see here in Genesis chapter 1 is that man and women were made in God's image. We were created in God's image. I don't know whether you noticed or not, but this is different to how the, the animals were created. Let me read it again in verse... Let me just find it again. Verse 24. It says, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. Even the vegetation was made according to their kinds. 
However, we were made in his image. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So we're different to the animals. We have been made completely different to the animals. The animals were created according to their kinds, but we were created in God's image. And the difference between this is that, that we're able to, to reason. We're able to have cognitive thought. We're able to have uh, relationships with other people. Animals have relationships, but it's purely just to, to um, multiply their numbers. We can feel shame and guilt. And before you send me pictures of, of dogs feeling shame, they're, they're not feeling shame, they're, they're scared of getting smacked. But the biggest difference between animals and humans is that we're eternal beings as well. Animals aren't. I don't know, but I'm, I'm not sure there's going to be animals in heaven. There may be... Anyway, that's a side note. <laughs> so, so when I say we, when I say we, I mean mankind. I mean male and female. We have been created in God's image. I mean black and white human beings created in God's image. I mean Italians and Asians and Europeans and Hispanic and African and Australian, young and old, physically disabled, male and female, all created in God's image, all precious in his sight. The image of God in, in all of us should inform our, our perception of the, the relevant issues in the world today, such as abortion, murder, homelessness, racism, our own personal self-image, um, and, and down to Christian mission and evangelism. If we see everyone made in the image of God and precious in God's sight, then we need to see them in that same, same, same light. If, if God sees them as his image and precious in his sight, we need to see them in the same sort of way. So we've been created in God's image. We've been created male and female. Look at verse 27 again of, of chapter 1. Verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. They were both created in God's image. The man first, but then the woman. And she was taken out of, God, uh, out of man and was created by God in his image. Not in the man's image, but in God's image. Men and women have both been created in the image of God. And I don't know whether you noticed there, but there's only two genders. There's male or female. There's no other option. There's, there's no third and fourth option. 
There seems to be a major push within the media at the moment to, to make gender neutral or completely irrelevant. And this, this causes us to wonder why there are so many confused people in the world. So contrary to the media, there's only two genders, male and female. And I, I kind of know that there is medical examples of, of um, people having the anatomy of both a male and a female, and I'll tread carefully here, but I know that this, this is, you know, it happens, but I would say that this is the effects of sin in the world. Not that those people have, have sinned in themselves but, and caused that, but that sin has caused this sort of destruction and corruption within the world. And it's not what God designed in the first place, what we see here in Genesis. The influence of sin goes deeper than just medical examples as well in reference to gender. There are people who are confused about what gender they are because of the push of the media and because of the denial subconsciously of of what God has created, male and female. Turn over with me to Romans chapter 1, verses 26 to 27. Romans chapter 1. Verses 26 and 27. Paul is talking about the reasons why um, God is pouring out his wrath on the earth. Verse 26. For this reason God gave them up to dishonourable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations with those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. So sin has, has infiltrated this earth and, and caused, us, caused mankind to lose sight of what God has created. I could go around this room and and, um, do a DNA test on each one of you and there would only be two results. If I was looking for your gender and the chromosomes that you have, there would only be two results. You would either be XX and be female or be XY and be male. There's no YX or YY. There's, there's no third and fourth option. It's, it's only male and female. And so we've, we're going over ground we've covered. We've been created in the same way in God's image. We've been created in male and female. But in many ways, male and female, men and women, are very different. God, in his great wisdom, designed it that way. Now, stereotypically, men are generally stronger than women. Um, unless you re- live in Russia, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but men are generally stronger in wi- uh, than women um, to do physical hard work. Women are the tender ones. Um, they are the ones that, that generally do the tenderly things, like raising children. 
And apparently women can think about more than just one thing at once. I beg to differ. I can, I can do two things at once. I can watch TV and think about nothing at the same time. <laughs> so we're different. We're different. What the woman, um, what the woman lacks, there's a reason. Sorry, I'll go back. What the, why the, the reason why we are different is that we can complement each other so that we can complement each other. What the man lacks, the woman makes up for. And what the woman makes, what the woman lacks, the man makes up for, vice versa. And this doesn't just refer to marriage or or relationships. It refers to all of life. Whether you can um, refer it to the workplace, you can refer it to the church as well. I want you to think about the way men and women are portrayed in the media. When I say media, newspapers, TV, but particularly TV shows. Think about the longest running TV show. I'm not sure how long it's been on TV. Some 20 something years. The Simpsons. Homer is the dad. You all know who Homer is. What is he? He's a beer slugging, swilling drunkard, basically. He's a big dum dum. He's overweight. He's a high-functioning moron, basically. (laughs) Think about the other shows like American Dad and Family Guy and Modern Family. There's ads on TV that depict the dad as stupid. I hate it. It's not the case. The dad is always the one who does dumb things and and makes stupid decisions with his finances and, and... breaks down and steps in dog poop in the, in the backyard. He's ruled by his stomach. He gets the family in trouble all the time. And then the woman comes in and saves the day. That's the way the male and female relationships and, and stereotype gender roles are portrayed in the media. This is not what God created. God created us in an ideal male and female relationship where we complement each other, not where what one lacks, the other one has to cover in completely, but we complement each other. The male, th- male species brings something to the relationship and the female does as well. We complement each other. Have a look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 20. Genesis chapter 2, verse 20. Genesis chapter 2 is a, is a more in-depth look at the, the first chapter of the Bible. And it's where, where God is, is um, laying down the, the, um, the creation of men and women. Verse 20. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the air, birds of the heaven and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. God is looking for a helper for Adam. 
to be able to care for the garden with him. And there's not one found among the the animals according to their kinds. So God causes Adam to fall into a deep sleep and he, he creates Eve. She's not created as his servant or his slave or his boss or his ruler. She's created as his helper. And so God has created men and women in his image and he has created them equal. Just a couple of verses down. Verse 21 and 22. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. You notice that, that Eve wasn't created from one of the bones of Adam's head in order to rule over him. Or she wasn't created from one of the bones of Adam's foot in order that she might be able to be walked all over. She was created from a rib from under Adam's side so that he might take her under his arm and love her so that they might walk side by side in this male and female relationship and love each other and care for each other. And Adam saw that the woman was his equal. He saw that, that she was to be cared for and loved. And there's such a tendency within not just modern culture sometimes, but history as well to to treat women as the lower species even within the jewish people in in jesus day women were just treated as mere mere possessions all they were good for was making children and keeping a house but in our in our modern life the opposite is also true sometimes the, the pushback from, from the women's rights movements have, have taken things from women being pushed down to, to women being the pushers downers. They've, they've gone to the, to the point of, of trying to lift themselves up and knock down or devalue the role of men in their lives and in society. But the Bible tells us that right from the beginning, men and women were created equal. There was neither one of the sexes to be the ruler or authority over the other because that was God's position. They were created in order to tend the garden and enjoy God's presence forever. I reckon that's an excellent picture, a very beautiful picture. But it's not the reality anymore, is it? We treat each other with such contempt sometimes. 
We treat men treat women badly and vice versa. Because of sin and the denial of God as he's in his rightful place in our lives, we, we desire to be in control of our lives and in the lives of those around us, in the lives of even the ones we're supposed to love. We fight for control. We fight against each other. We fight as enemies sometimes. Married couples fight over little tiny things. If there's one thing, particularly if you're married, if there's one thing that you want to gain out of tonight, that men and women are equal. We are different in the way that we operate, and that is a good thing, but we are equals in God's sight. In marriage... Uh, Peter gives the, the ideal situation of a Christian husband and wife being equal. Have a look at, at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. It says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honour to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Look at that little bit there. Since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. Heirs with you of the grace of life. This means that men and women are equal, especially in Christ. That means that, that Christ, what Christ has done to the marriage relationship has recovered what, is it, what it has meant to be created male and female in God's image. It means together that they are able to reflect the image of God And together as fellow heirs of Christ, they are able to inherit the kingdom of God. You see, creation as male and female in God's image, when you see it alongside sin, begs this completing work, this completion of the healing that comes with the work of Christ. Christ recovers from sin the reality that male and female are fellow heirs of the grace of life. Equals. In marriage, we shouldn't be fighting one another as if we weren't equals. We should realise that we're on the same team. Not only does this reflect in in marriage, but it also reflects in in daily life as well, school life. Husbands and wives, if you're fighting, stop it. Stop it. Can someone play that back to me someday? Realise that you're on the same team that you're not fighting against each other, but you're fighting 
against the devil. If you are in Christ, you, you are longing for the same sort of things that God desires of you. If your relationship with God is, is on the level that it should be, you are on the same team. You're longing to bring your kids up in the same way. You're longing to be loved and to be loved back. Your spouse is not your enemy. Having said that, this knowledge of being created male and female is not exclusive to the marriage relationship. It reflects, as I said, in daily life, in our relationships with boys and girls, men and women, workmates, colleagues, friends. It's relevant for all of us. Remember that Adam was created in in God's image before the woman came along. But they were both created in God's image. So what I'm saying is that you're not only able to reflect God's image perfectly through a Christian marriage, you're able to reflect God's image while being single as well. Let's have a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Paul talks to the Corinthians and he says that that they are able to, to live a life in the way that God has placed them whether that be married, single, divorced, widower, whatever the case may be. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 8. Verse 8. To the unmarried and the widows I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. And then verse 32 and 35. 32 to 35. Paul says, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife. You can't. No. It is hard to please your wife. Verse 33. I'm going to cop it when I get home. Verse 33, but the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Do you see what this implies? It implies that the the healing that Jesus brings to male and female created in God's image is not dependent on marriage. It's actually dependent on being married to Christ, to being devoted to Christ. Paul's experience as a single man taught him that there's a a kind of single-minded devotion to the Lord that's possible as a single man or woman that's not necessarily possible when you're married. 
He says that this kind of devotion that we can, can have as a single man or woman is the ability to reflect God's image that we've been created in. So what have we learned? The three things that we've learned is that God has created us. God has created us in his image. God has created us as male and female in his image. And God has created us as male and female in his image, different but equal. But we've also touched on the fact that that what Christ has done by coming and dying on the cross and taking away the power of sin and death has, has formed his church, his bride. He's given himself for her. He's, he's brought about the, the healing relationship, the healing to the, the male and female relationship. He's brought about the, the removal of sin and the healing that that brings to the male and female relationship. In Christ, we can live in male and female relationships together or separately, singly, married, widowed, divorced. Whatever the case is, we can live as male and female knowing that we have been made in God's image, knowing that we can reflect that image to this world of hurting confused, lost people. That in Christ we can live as men and women in a a fixed relationship, a, a repaired, a redeemed, a transformed relationship. I think that's something to, to really be thankful for, grateful for. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you for, for what you have done um, in creating this earth in the way that it has been created. Even though it is subject to sin at this time, it has been created in such a way that, that is perfect, that oper- it operates in, in perfect harmony with, with itself and with us. But Lord, we look forward to the day when you return and, and this, this world passes away and we get to see you face to face. We get to, to realise the fullness and completeness of this, of this relationship that we have with you. Lord, we thank you for, for creating us in your image as male and female, different but equals. Lord, help us to go out in this week and and live our lives in whatever circumstance and place you've placed us and to reflect that image image to those around us lord i just pray your blessing over this this week and the rest of this service in your name amen